What's up, Matt? Welcome back to the pod. Episode three. It's more than two. Less than four. How's it going? Good. Episode three. Trip to Paris. It was a good time. Happy, lots, lots to talk about today. Happy to be back in Leuven. We're sitting in my room. First time recording the pod during the daytime. Which so, is good for us. So this go, is good for go us. us. I guess before we get into it, good day so far? Good day so far. I was supposed to have a Dutch test about prepositions. And my classmate got a ticket for having his phone out while riding a bike. So he got pulled over by the police. And I don't think they actually gave him a ticket, but we were waiting for him the entire time. So we never had to take the test. So pretty uh, shout out to the local police department of Leuven for getting me on my test. That's nice. That's nice. What about you? What's going on today for you? I just had my one class on world religions and ethics. Talked about end of life issues, you know, physician assisted suicide, stuff like that. So oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, always a fun time. So make sure your advanced directives are uh, are in order, people out there. Oh, it's nice. important. It's important. All right. So as people know who listened to the last pod, we went to Paris this weekend. Paris, Paris. And we did a lot of stuff. So what I think we, we decided to do is we're going to run through everything we did real fast. And then we're going to have a draft of the best moments slash places slash experiences. A little snake draft maybe. Or we'll just go back and forth. Yeah. but to, So the intro, we woke up on Friday morning, bright and early, caught a uh, the train to the Brussels North Station, hopped off there, and then got on a Flix bus that took us to Paris. I know I slept the entire four hours in the bus, which was definitely, definitely nice. It was some, it was nice car sleep. We get to Paris, walked to our hostel, checked in, ate a little bit, and then we kind of just hit the town. Yeah, we hit the town right away. So our hostel was a little bit south in the city of Paris. We walked all the way up, started taking the metro around. Metro, metro. And then we went straight for uh, straight for the spots, Arc de Triomphe, a little Eiffel Tower action. It was pretty, it was pretty enjoyable. Hit some bridges that first night. Got dinner. Next day, breakfast, Louvre, Musée d'Orsay, just another museum. Then we had some dinner issues on that Saturday night. The next morning, wake up, explored a little bit, hit the catacombs, and then eventually went home. There's a lot more in there than what we just said, obviously, but we're saving that for the draft. So I guess, Ryan, do you want the first pick? I'll take the first pick. First pick in the Paris trip draft, I'll take the view at the top of the Arc de Triomphe. So Mm. people said to go to the top of Eiffel Tower, and I've heard over the years, it's kind of overrated. Maybe I misheard them, but we decided to go to the top of the Arc instead. You get up there, there's like nine roads that all lead to a huge roundabout traffic circle if you don't like roundabouts this is probably the worst place on earth yes so we go up to the top and you can just see all of paris because everything is really coming towards you everything notre dame in the distance you see the river you see eiffel tower it was just immaculate it was not a lot of times when you go up into something like that like a big high space you get wowed but here like it really felt like the city never ended Mm -hmm. which was beyond my expectations i never really had any expectations for going to the top of the arc i knew it was massive just because i don't know it's just a big stone arc that's Mm -hmm. pretty uh, historical so now that's something about that going up there seeing everything and just because it was the start of the weekend too it was like all right wow we're gonna get to see so much of this city that i've never seen before never really even heard about a great way to start it and we try to go up at night but I think we got there like 30 minutes late to get back up. Um, yeah. That would have been pretty cool. With our with our visas, it was free. So that was definitely nice. That was also my number. My If I had the number one pick, I would pick that. Oh, but you didn't. One of the best moments. I would 100% recommend if you're going to do anything to do that. It was, uh, it, was, it was breathtaking, like Ryan said. With the second pick, I'm going to take the catacombs. If you don't know what the catacombs are, I would definitely give it a look up online. Give us a 60-second history. Basically, a ton of quarries below Paris, like way back in the day. And then at some point, they ran out of space in their cemeteries, and they needed to put the body, the bones somewhere. The bodies. The bodies and the vacants. They had to put the bodies, some, the bones somewhere, and eventually they just started putting them in 
the underground quarries. And then they eventually started making it more of like a, a proper burial. But basically, you go down super deep into the into the stone, into the earth, and you walk for a little while, and then eventually you get to the area where there's bones, and it's just a hallway right and left with just skulls and femurs. And the thing that I didn't realize going in, because I, I knew what it was from studying it like in French classes, it was weird because I knew the walls were going to be like be skulls, they're like actual human skulls, but I didn't realize how deep each wall went. Lucky it was tall enough that I could see over the top, and it's literally... I would say like three, four meters deep of just bone. So it was mostly like femurs and humeruses and, and skulls on the where you could see it. But then deeper on, it was a bunch of, you know, ribs and, and stuff like that. So it was definitely cool. It was a little morbid, but it, it, it wasn't really scary, I'd say. I think this, more, the scarier part is that you were underground so deep. And, and the ceilings were very low. The ceilings were very low. They did drip a little bit. It definitely gave a How Caverns feel. I would definitely 100% recommend. That cost us, I think, 27 euros, which seems like a lot, but I think it was 100% worth it. Yeah, the cool thing is, well, I guess it's, I don't know who like decided to put the bones down there and then who actually did it, but the people who actually did it kind of had fun putting the skulls in certain ways. There would be certain places where skulls would be like lined up in like a heart shape, and then there was just like lines of skulls, and sometimes they'd have the femurs like looking funny ways. It wasn't like they were reenacted of like human form but you didn't see any like human anatomy it was just bones it was just bones like arranged it wasn't like arranged to look like a human it was just bones yeah it was almost as if you picked up a bunch of sticks in the woods and just laid them perfectly on top of each other yeah but But there were some parts where the shaft i guess you would say the quarry got wider so they put stuff in the middle so like there's this big i guess you could call it looked like a boulder yeah, kind of, it kind of looked like a column. Yeah, kind of like a column, a, like a yeah. Roman column, and it was just bones and like a big spiral. And we were joking: if you were to die, would you want to be on the side, or would you want to be in this big circle? Would you want your head to be a part of the heart and stuff like that? There was one where there was it was like a sign because there was a lot of signs down there in French, and they said, you know, these bones were basically taken from this cemetery or this place and and reburied at this time. But there was one sign that just had like a skull implanted in the middle of it. And the whole time it's weird because it literally those are humans that you're just looking at. Um, and it was like, you can get like a 15,000 euro fine if you touch anything. So we weren't touching anything. You had to wear your backpack on your chest. That way you didn't just accidentally knock, in any, knock into anything. This one dude, just he just grabbed a skull right next to me. It's like, dude, like, calm down. 100% would do that again. 100% would recommend. Even as a tall person, I enjoyed it. Last thing I'll say about that is in the beginning, they had a history of the more recent bones that they found, which was pretty awesome because with the uh, newer science that we have nowadays, they could figure out how old the bones were, what their like gender was, if they had an easy or hard life, if they had like malnutrition, diseases and stuff like that. And with the other ones, the bones were so mixed together that the initial estimations of how many bones were down there, or I guess you would say human bodies were down there, has changed drastically. But with the new stuff, which they found, I think it was called like Trinity Church or something. It was just another cemetery they never actually dug out in Paris. You could tell like this 14-year-old kid had a tough life because the way his teeth area was worn down, that he had to eat certain things, and they all died from this because if you look at the dating of their bones, there's... Uh, it would, like they're all dated very very close in time and buried in a mass grave so it must have been during the plague or something so that was very eye-opening and just go science go science go science okay second pick for me i'll go the top floor or the fifth floor of musee d'orsay musee d'orsay is on uh, this i think it's the second most famous Museum in Paris, the Louvre would be first, obviously. But Musée d'Orsay, the top floor is Van Gogh, Monet, bunch of other cool don't, cats. Don't forget Surratt. Yeah, Surratt. Bunch of really awesome guys all next to each other, guys and gals next to each other. It was fantastic. You got to see a bunch of paintings that you see a lot of the time online or in your art class, like a bunch of Van Gogh self-portraits. Van Gogh's The Church of Alvers. Alvers, Alvers. 
whatever it's called, like almost brought me to tears. I'd never seen it before. Saw it in person, and it was just a just a painting of a church on top of a hill. But when you see it in person, the colors are so vivid. Everything about it is angelic. I guess the word would be. There's something something so. I don't know. Like everyone's staring at the ones around it, and then you walk up to it, and you're just awestruck. That was something I never really thought I would feel, looking at a piece of artwork. And obviously, like we we said this last time, but the worst place to hear about art and paintings is on a podcast, listening to it. If you have the time, look up the Church of Alvers. It's A U V E R S. It's fantastic. The paint, the picture online doesn't give us do it justice, but it's crazy crazy yeah it was nice seeing all the van gogh and any of the monet in person and i guess i throw in surat too because we went there after we went to the louvre and i assume somebody's gonna pick louvre in their draft so we won't talk about it too much but seeing so many paintings that were just trying to recreate like just trying to be photographs basically and then to see the stuff in the musee d'orsay which was very you know impressionism all that stuff you could actually like seeing the medium that they used like the self-portraits of of van gogh actually seeing like the texture on them and just the way he made them made it really really significant and i'm a huge surat fan those who don't know he's uses the style of pointillism basically just uses dots to make his paintings and so we walked up on the fifth floor and i just turned the corner and one of his most famous pieces was right there which was really cool so i stared at it for like felt like 20 minutes something that was really cool for me personally because i had I really, really wanted to see that. And then the Monet and Van Gogh, I didn't even know were on the fifth floor there. And so those were just icing on top of an already already pretty fun fun time there. I would say that museum overall, like if you if you have a, if you have limited time, I would just go in and go on the fifth floor because the rest of it was nice, but not as nice as the fifth floor. But I'd say if you had to do that or the Louvre, I would still go to the Musée d'Orsay. Yeah, I agree. All right, you get the next pick. After shit, after uh, talking bad about the Louvre, I'm going to pick the Louvre fourth overall. If, if it had no art in it, it would still be such an amazing sight to see. But then all the art in it was fantastic, obviously. It, it, was, it was so much that it kind of got overwhelming at times, where I felt like one time we were stuck in the Egyptian section forever, and it was kind of disorienting because you'd turn a corner and just be the same thing over and over again. We eventually made our way and saw some pretty cool pieces of art throughout the whole place. I know I said I wasn't going to look at the Mona Lisa. I did by accident. And I thought, I think the hate on the Mona Lisa is a little exaggerated. Yeah, I would say the hate on the Mona Lisa is exaggerated. And you brought up a good point when we were actually looking at the Mona Lisa. The idea of the eyes following you is very cool. But people th- I think people say it's overrated because it is small. It's not as small as people honestly said it was going to be, in my opinion. But you see it online. You see it in, on the wall, the walls in your art room back in uh, the United States. You see it on sweatshirts, and like the the effect of the eyes kind of gets worn away over time. And then when you see it in person, you're like wow, like I've seen this before. It's overrated, but in actuality, if the internet didn't exist the way it does now, and someone said. There's this painting in Paris that follows you. It would people would still have like the the lore of it. So yeah, I would I would 100 say that I think people are disappointed because there's so much fanfare around it in the in the room that it's in. That and at the end of the day, it's just the painting that you've seen before. So in that regard, it's a disappointment. But I think in terms of the grand scheme of what they have in the Louvre, it's still top five things there. I think, like Ryan said before, I think part of it, part of the reason people don't enjoy it as much nowadays is because they've seen it so many times where if you had never seen it before, that you would have went and been like, holy cow, this is this really interesting thing that keeps on looking at me. I think the hate for that, the hate for the Louvre, and the hate for Paris overall were a little exaggerated by people we've talked to. I guess with that, what was your favorite part of the of the Louvre? There's these small rooms that represent earlier france and just the intricate dining room sets cutlery uh, couches and everything with gold and everything is so detailed it was very cool to see a lot of 
you would just be in like this massive room and you'd walk room to room and it feels like the most grand dining room you've never ever been and then you walk into the next room and it's even more grand gold everywhere everything's chiseled it it was very cool we got we got stuck in there for a little bit like we said before there was one part of the loo that was under renovation and that was the way you got around so we had to go backwards and then down and then over and then up a stair it was it kind of got annoying in that point but seeing all the intricate details of this couches tables was was my favorite for sure yeah i i think that was also my favorite um it was just the amount of wealth for just basic things just like a couch and a table was just kind of comical like i looked at one of these cabinets in my head and it was like just open that cabinet and it's just like a white t-shirt that would be so funny i didn't enjoy all the egyptian stuff some of it was definitely neat but a lot of it was just carvings and tablets, like not hieroglyphics, but like carvings and tablets, where I think statues are way more impressive when they're truly three-dimensional and not just kind of like carved in. I, I, there was a lot of like the Roman and even the Greek stuff that in that style, which I, I was not really a fan of. I would say like the, the statues I found to be the most impressive because you could look at them in every angle. And it was like, that's, I know that's marble, but it looks like a real person. But yeah, definitely Louvre. I mean, we kind of hated on it before, but definitely there's a reason why it's world famous. Yeah, there's some, something about it. There's so much stuff. You could go there for days and days and find a new thing every single time. So it's my turn now. Mm-hmm. Fifth overall pick, my third pick. I think we do five each. Five each would work. I will take the almond cinnamon croissant we got from the bakery. Mm-hmm. On the last day, we went to the Garden of Luxembourg and then we had to go home to get to the bus stop. So we walked to get something quick to eat and we stopped at this bakery. And I would say it's the most, it's the closest thing to like a New York City deli style just because they're very, what do you want? Get it, pay, leave. Very, very fast paced, which I enjoyed. And I got a quiche for the first time. The quiche was fantastic. Our buddy, Braden, who went with us, accidentally ordered a quiche with tuna in it, which is beyond disgusting. <laughs> Beyond disgusting, and he had no idea what he was ordering. So imagine biting into a quiche where you think it's just egg, maybe cheese, and it's fish. No thanks. But we got this almond cinnamon croissant sort of thing, and it was to die for. Every bite of it was impeccable. It's something I want to have again. They probably have it in heaven. It was odd. That's why it's so high on my list. Something about it, man. And you ordered it for me because they were only spilled French there. Most places spoke English, but there was only French. They're very, what do you want? What do you want? Get out. And ah, if I could go there back right now, and I would get that again. Yeah. So I would just say on the topic of the bakeries, 100%, the bakeries are legit. We went to two. So the f- one we went to, I was just kind of like tired and nervous. And the guy started speaking French. And I started speaking with my American French accent. And he just started speaking English and I was kind of bummed out because I didn't get to use my French at all. And that, that, that was delicious. We just had like sandwiches on baguettes, pretty cheap, and they were pretty good. It was just very, very fresh. Um, but the second time, the second bakery, I redeemed myself. I used my French pretty well to order for a bunch of different people. Somebody on roller skates got like put on a str- like right outside the store was on roller skates they must have fell and got put on a stretcher so this whole time we're ordering this food there's just this lady getting loaded into this ambulance which was kind of like i mean obviously it was kind of sad but it was just kind of bizarre uh, it was kind of a surreal experience just being in paris and this crazy things going on outside but we're just eating this delicious bread yeah the bread was extremely fresh you could just buy a baguette and it, it felt it was pretty cheap yeah the baguettes were like a euro a euro 20 even that almond croissant that we got was probably, what, two euros? So I'm going to go with the Sacre Coeur, which is like the holy, the Sacred Heart Church. The Sacred Heart Church, it was all the way up on this mountain, probably like a 35-minute metro ride for us, but it was definitely worth it. it. took a ton of spiral stairs to get up there, and then once you did get up there, you saw all of Paris, which was pretty phenomenal because it was a different view than the Arc de Triomphe, which was more of the interior and this was kind of more of a more of a landscape i guess you could say you saw like the whole city instead of just spinning around and seeing the whole city it was all in one shot there was a lot of 
Scottish people up there, which was kind of bizarre. But then, yeah, so I would t- include in this pick. We went to this hot chocolate cafe, just sat down outside. I ordered in French and we just kind of hung out and drank this hot chocolate, which was pretty delicious, very chocolatey. But it was just nice after walking around for three days to just sit and relax and talk with one another. It was definitely very, it felt very European, which I enjoyed. Yeah, very, very European indeed. All right, my pick, Saclacar was not even on my list, so you reached there. Uh, my pick, Eiffel Tower from the water. We went on a boat tour. We went on the boat tour of the Stein River. And oh my goodness, you just butchered that so bad. It's the saying. Seine. The Seine. Well, I didn't take French. The Seine, bro. What? Whatever it is. So the Seine. That's not even hard. Okay. The Seine River. We took a boat tour to the, on the Seine River. And you got to see the Eiffel Tower as you went by. It was very, very cool. The Eiffel Tower was lit up in blue and yellow for Ukraine. It wasn't like the twinkly lights, which it was cool looking, but... Our one friend, it was his 21st birthday, and he wanted to see the twinkly lights, so sorry, dude. He wanted to see it sparkle, and it was just yellow and blue. Sorry, man. But yeah, it was definitely awesome to see the Eiffel Tower from a distance. It's kind of everything you think of and more when you get there. I don't know. It's just There's something whimsical about it, every, always seeing it in the distance, but getting really close to it, not really necessary. I always thought you could walk under it, and I guess you kind of could, but it wasn't as easy as I thought it would be, so it's a little bit lower on my list, but... Eiffel Tower, seeing it from a distance lit up was very cool. Overlooking the water when we were on the bridges and stuff. Yeah, it was definitely worthwhile. Yeah, I would also add on to that. Up close, it was not... It was it was impressive looking at the Eiffel Tower itself up close. But in terms of the area around it, we couldn't even go on the grass. There wasn't like a, a mall or anything like the Washington Monument in D.C. The area, it was just a lot of vendors and people selling Eiffel Tower little trinkets. So I, I think going up close was not necessarily worth it. Um, we didn't go up it. I think we could have, but we'd also seen some... We'd seen the city from up high a number of times already. So it wasn't necessarily that worth it. But seeing it, I, it was a lot taller than I thought it was going to be. And it really was It was beautiful. Um, so I guess my next pick, I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Metro overall. So the Metro... Metro. Metro. The Metro, we operated pretty well. It was not as, not very confusing. The ticketing was a, a bit confusing. So if you do go to Paris, I would recommend you get some kind of like weekend pass or anything because the tickets did not, the tickets were not like the New York City subway where you kind of have like two hours to use them over and over. Sometimes we would go in and then on our transfer to another train, we have to pay again. Sometimes the tickets would work two times, sometimes three times, sometimes once. One time we just had to like jump the turnstiles. And this was one of the coolest moments. I was like trying to like get through. And this French dude just like looks at me and he just gives me a head nod and he like waves me over. And I points at his, his Metro card and basically was like, okay, like I'm going to sneak you in with me. So I just like got right behind him and we raced in together and we didn't exchange any words. And we just gave it to this look of approval and nodded and was on my way. So that was really nice of that guy. Everybody says the Parisian people are mean, but I think they got some New York grit to them. They just, they want to go where they want to go and they do what they got to do. And they're kind of on a mission, but push comes to shove. That one guy was really nice to me. And a funny moment that I don't, I don't see on your draft board was when we saw the Shen Yun poster. Yeah, it's Shen Yun poster. We came all the way to Paris, and Shen Yun was still advertising to us, which I guess we won't go into the whole Shen Yun backstory. No, give it, give it a 30-second 30 30 second backstory. So if you don't know, Shen Yun is like this dance company that is based in, I believe based in Middletown, New York. It, is, it's in New York. it basically was this religion that got kicked off of mainland China, the Falun Gong. They come to New York City and just kind of spread up near us. They have this dance troupe. They have the Epic Times, which is like their newspaper, all this stuff. And our one friend, Matt Stufano, worked at the school that they run, not knowing. And we just see ads for it all the time. They eventually put up a poster in Jersey Mike's, which we then had taken down. And it's just wherever we go, the Shenyun just seems to be following us. Shenyun's always around. So going into the Metro and seeing a Shenyun poster was hilarious. 
Yeah, that was pretty funny. It was the first thing we saw too when we walked in. So this is my fourth pick or fifth pick? Fourth. Fourth. Okay. I'm going to go with the Chipotle in Paris. And I know that seems like a reach, but after traveling for so long, seeing so many things, and going to so many places for restaurants where the price would make it seem like it was good, but it was just high price because it was Paris and the food wasn't that good, getting the Chipotle for about the same price at home, getting double of everything except for the meat so it wasn't more expensive, and just sitting in silence and eating that was beyond fantastic, so rewarding. Everything about it was perfect. The only thing I did not like about that Chipotle is they did not have the plastic forks. If you know what I'm talking about, the plastic forks at Chipotle are delicious. Like they're just fun to eat off of. They make the meal a 10 out of 10. And they had these wooden forks there, which weren't bad, but they were not the plastic forks of Chipotle. But I would agree. It was nice to sit down and kind of take a breath and just eat some food we knew that wasn't that expensive and, and we knew what we were getting. So I guess on that note, I'm going to pick, I might get made fun of for this, but I'm going to pick the McDonald's in France. So we went to McDonald's twice. One time because we were just curious. We wanted to go to French McDonald's and see what th- things differently they had. They had macarons. Sorry, they had macaroons. They had Kit Kat McFlurries. They had Biscoff McFlurries. They had the potato wedges and regular fries. We got like this value pack, which had, I guess, like some fried cheese, chicken tenders, and chicken nuggets. Which I will say, the chicken nuggets are higher quality over here. What else do they have? What else do they have? The Royale with cheese was one of their sandwiches. They had like a higher class menu, so it'd be like fifteen euros for a burger. We didn't even go close to touching that. No. But, uh, they had a bunch of cool like pastries and stuff that they normally wouldn't have in the United States. The mac, the macaroons, and the, the party box that we got were the big difference yeah and well, the potato wedges as well oh potato wedges were fantastic. Those, those were definitely good and also this mcdonald's was on the champ de which is one of the main streets that leads to the arc de triomphe is the champ de um, i believe it's the last stretch of the tour de france but i'm not entirely sure but it had a ton of really high-end stores there's like a louis vuitton a gucci all the stuff and then there was mcdonald's and it was just a fun experience to go in McDonald's. And it was also huge at McDonald's. They probably had like 45 people working there. Yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. And then the second time we went to McDonald's, it was a Saturday night. And the place we wanted to go to get food didn't take reservations. And we showed up and the line was about an hour long. So we were like, okay, whatever, screw it. And started looking around for places, couldn't find anywhere to eat. And at this point, we were just so tired of walking around and being cold and spending money on food that wasn't that good that we just went back to the the hostel and along the way somebody was like hey I'll just go pick up McDonald's so somebody went picked up McDonald's and we drank like $5 white wine and just kind of had a good time just hanging out with the people we traveled with it was a nice kind of decompression which I, there's been actually that's probably the second or third time in my life where we were supposed to get food out as a group and it didn't work out. So instead, we just drank cheap alcohol and ate McDonald's. Or we, that happened to me once in college, which if any of my friends from Notre Dame are listening, that you know what I'm talking about. And this was also another fun night of that. So I know that was my fourth or fifth pick was McDonald's, which I make it me fun of, but it was, it was definitely a highlight of the trip. All right, I'll go with my last pick of the draft. The waiter at the cafe outside the Louvre. Go. We... Woke up early to go to the Louvre. We went into a side entrance, which got us in very, very fast because we were expecting to wait in line in the main line, but we went in the side entrance. But before we went in, we knew we had to get food. So we went to this cafe right outside the Louvre and the guy was hilarious. He knew we were American from the jump. So he was just messing with us, being silly. He was like uh, going like, and when he would walk by, uh, it was very, very funny. The guy, don't remember what his name was. He was very, very, very French. He was just the talk of the town. Everyone who came in there was laughing, smiling, just because this one guy, yeah, it was very funny. We got fried egg with, what was it? We got fried egg with toast and bacon, but the bacon was ham. And I don't usually eat fried egg, but it was very good because I didn't want to be the guy to get something else. Yeah, I didn't want to ask them to scramble it. 
but the bread and it came with bread and it came with coffee and orange juice. And when he gave us the orange juice, he went vodka and orange juice. And it, it was just it was kind of one of those things you had to be there. But looking back, like like actually literally looking back on at the restaurant as we were walking away, there was like two to three other cafes near there that I think were a little bit cheaper for like the same breakfast deal. But this guy was just pulling people in off of the street with just his charm. And I would 100% go back to that place because that guy was awesome. Yeah, he was he was so funny. Uh, All right, your, your last pick, and then we'll get into some other stuff. Okay, so before I give my last pick, I want to give an honorable mention Okay. to two things. Notre Dame, we didn't get to see it up close because just the way things worked out. We saw it from the river cruise, the river, and it, it definitely looked cool. It's under construction, so that kind of took away from the charm. The Luxembourg Gardens were definitely really cool, but we were, it's not in season. Yeah, it was very cool. So if we had gone when it wasn't cold, when the flowers had bloomed, I think it would be really, really high up my list. So I definitely recommend if you go in the summertime to check that out. But my last pick, I'm going to take, I don't even know the name, but there's this statue that we stumbled across. And it was basically this hand holding a bunch of flowers, but the flowers looked like balloons. Ryan's looking it up right now. I'll look it up. But Mind mind the typing noises. Yeah, so we just kind of walked off the Champs-Élysées we were just kind of walking around, enjoying just being in Paris. And we stumbled across this statue. It was just a really cool thing to see. It was this huge piece of art. And we had seen so much art already. But these flowers, these tulips, just looked like balloons. Like, And I guess this guy had also made like a balloon dog giant statue in New York. Something like that. It was Jeff Koons. Yeah, all right. His name is Jeff Koons. It's called the Bouquet of Tulips. And what it says here is he gave it as like a or he created it as a way to like make the people feel better about the terrorist attacks in paris but the whole thing was very cool it's kind of off the beaten path a little bit when we were walking back we came across it and it was it was fabulous it was very very nice so look it up yeah bouquet of tulips yeah 41 feet tall something like that it was just it was i think it was a good moment in the trip overall because we had completed our first day we're ready to kind of wind down and we stumbled across something we had never even heard of before yeah, so shout out, uh, Je- shout out Jeff Koons. Yeah, anything else from the Paris trip that we have not touched on? Um, no, I think everything's pretty good so far. I'm trying to think. Any pieces of advice? I would say the people near the Eiffel Tower that try to sell you stuff are annoying, but they're not as bad as the people in New York, Times Square, who wear like the creepy costumes. I would definitely make sure you have everything to get, not get pickpocketed. But it really, I didn't think... They were that bad. Um, I would get a pass for the Metro. Maybe not the weekend pass, but some sort of pass to make things go easier for you. Just kind of soak it in. I would say don't fear the Metro because the Metro is really easy and effective because all the signs point you to where you need to go. So it's never just like, you know, this is 42nd Street. It'll say, you know, this is whatever street. Eiffel Tower or whatever street, the Louvre, or and then a ton of arrows just point you everywhere, so you don't really get lost. Definitely top of Arc de Triomphe. Arc de Triomphe, one hundred percent go. If you only could go to one museum, I would not go to the Louvre. I'd go to the Musée d'Orsay, but that's just I think I maybe I just like that art style a little bit better. And I would say people hate on Paris. At least so many people I've talked to have been like, "Oh, I really was underwhelmed." Yada yada yada. So I don't mean to get the expectations up and then lead people to Paris and not enjoy it. But I would say it was amazing. Yeah, well, we went like off season for tourism. So I definitely was a little bit better to get around and stuff like that. But one thing I will say is don't hop the turnstiles and then transfer because one person in our group, she was all happy and well that she jumped the turnstile that she didn't have to pay. And then we turn the corner and there was a lady there who only spoke French, who was checking everyone's ticket, and she had to pay a 50 euro fine. So karma got her. And it was like looking back, it was very funny. But in the moment, it was just like, oh, goodness, like we have to deal with something else again. Yeah. And that lady was also very angry. And right. I didn't think my ticket was going to work just because my tickets had been weird all day. So I was like crossing my fingers. And we originally thought it was going to be 15 euros. And then we thought it was going to be 50 cents. And she was like, no, 50 euros. And we we're like, oh, oh, no. It seems like they don't really mess around with their public transport over here. They kind of, like, they don't, it's weird because they don't check you like they would in New York or just in the U.S. 
But if they catch you, they're going to really try to screw you over. Yeah, if you get caught, you get caught. If you get caught, you get caught. So I, would, I wouldn't take chances um, and save a, saving a couple of euros is not that it's not in the long run. It's not really worth it. Not worth the stress. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about some things back in the back in the home front? Back in the Leuven. Getting my classes approved. Mm-hmm. Snuck into the, the powerlifting part of the gym yesterday, which was definitely definitely fun. Yeah, but otherwise, nothing too much new here in Leuven for me. Yep. So I we got back on Monday and then on Tuesday I started my internship with the high school. I don't know if I mentioned it before, but in 30 seconds or less, one of my classes is going to the high school kid, going to the local high school and teaching them about America, helping them with their English and teaching them about just like English slang phrases, stuff like that. So I started that for the first time on Tuesday and I went into a class that would be seniors in high school back home and juniors in high schools back home. And I started with the seniors. Of course, when I got there, the projector didn't work. Someone had broken the end of the HDMI cord to get it to connect to the projector. They call it a beamer over here. So she was like, the beamer doesn't work. The beamer doesn't work. A beamer. I was like, okay, it's not a big deal. Uh, It's not a big deal. I can do it without the the presentation about myself. She's like, no, but you work so hard on it. Yada, yada, yada. But I had to improvise and just say hello to all these kids. Tell them about where I'm from. All the things I like to do my family, my school, stuff like that. And then they just started asking questions. And it was something I've experienced before since being here, going through and seeing um, new people and asking about the United States, but it was on a larger scale. So there was a lot of fun things that was uh, we talked about. In this class, I guess it's a little bit more relaxed in the United States, or sorry, in here in Belgium, the things you can say and the things you can watch. So they were asking me about like, drinking at 21 and driving at 16 so i had to tell them what, like what a fake id was and then i told them to watch the movie super bad and they'd all never seen it so i told them for homework you got to watch the movie super bad so i'm interested to see if anyone that does that a big thing they didn't have which they thought was fascinating is i told them we had a mascot so at first they just thought i meant like a physical mascot but i was like no no like just your school having an animal or like a person or something associated with it and they were fascinated that we were the Patriots and all this stuff. So they were like, oh, we need to get a mascot. So they might be getting a mascot in the in the future. What's the name of the high school? It's uh, St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Make them the Patriots. Something like, well, they had no idea what a Patriot was. So I was like, just think of someone who really likes their country. And they're like, we don't do that here. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Someone who's a nationalist. And they were like, okay, that kind of works. So yes, they were fascinated by that. Um, they asked me a lot about homecoming, prom, what that was like. Some girl asked me if the last hundred days of high school or like it is in the movies. I don't know what movie that was from, but I was like, well, I didn't have the last hundred days of my high school, but I guess yes would be the answer. I started telling about John J. Man, which if you don't know, it's like a male pageant show in our high school that Matt and I were supposed to be a part of, but COVID like happened. A, yeah, it's a joke. It's like a, yeah, it's a funny. You put on skits and it's funny and you have like an opening dance and it's, Pretty humiliating, but pretty fun, and it raises money. It's a good yeah. time. So I, I'll i talk to them next class about that, but that was very funny to hear um, them talk about the uh, the love of prom and no idea what homecoming was, and then I mentioned a couple old movies, and they're like, oh, oh okay. Um, it was very funny. The first class I went to, they were very lively, asked me a bunch of cla- questions, laughing. I told them I liked mint chocolate chip ice cream, and they all scowled at me. I guess the mint chocolate chip's not very good over here, so... Sorry, mom, if you visit. Oh, yeah, I made, a, I made a mention the other day about ice cream. I was like, yeah, there's no good ice cream over here. I probably shouldn't. Have, I kind of spoke a little bit out of turn. But the two girls in my kitchen were like, are you kidding me? The ice cream's better over here. And they were just going off. And I was like, okay, well, bring me to the ice cream place. If, you, if, if we're so aggressive about this, take me on a date to the ice cream place. Yeah, and then I told them the chip flavors we have at home because someone asked me what the biggest culture shock was. And I was like going to the supermarket, seeing all these things that are different. And I started talking about like the chips they have. And when I mentioned barbecue, sour cream and onion, uh, salt and vinegar, they just all like, like, oh, it's disgusting. That's disgusting. Very, very funny to hear it the other way around. They can't drive until they're 18. And most of the kids I was talking to were like 17 or 18, but they hadn't even thought about getting their license. So that was a big difference. Telling them I had to drive to school in high school and get waking up super, super early to start first period at 731. <laughs> it was 
It was very funny. One thing I will say is when I walked into the high school, there was like no one at the front desk to greet me or anything. I could have just kind of spent the day in the high school and no one would have known, which was much different than at home. The classroom looked pretty much the same, but that was a major difference for sure. I'm going to teach them a couple of things throughout the semester. Like there's going to be some days where they just ask me questions. And then there's going to be some days where I actually teach them specific things about ways to say things in English and then just culture things. So the first thing I think I'm going to do is I'm going to give them all March Madness brackets to make them fill it out. And I'm going to explain to them what March Madness is, some of like the earlier March Madness finals and stuff like that. Because they were so fascinated with the idea that your school has a team and a mascot that I feel like that would be the perfect thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, A lot of people are very confused by our sports system. And I think we're also a little confused by their whole relegation, promotion, all that stuff. So when they found out like our schools have teams, they were very, very confused. So I think I, I like that idea. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. And also with March Madness, you like it's usually the person who doesn't know anything that gets it the closest to being correct. So I'd be excited to see when I fill out my bracket how I'm just going to get destroyed by kids who'd probably have never watched basketball in their entire lives. Yeah, they're like, oh, VCU, my, my initials are VCU. I'm going to pick them to be the national champion. The next thing you know, they they win it. Yeah, something, something crazy is going to happen. I'm going to teach them a lot about baseball because I mentioned the Mets a bunch of times. And they were like, what, what, what? And then I said Yankees. And they are like, oh, my God, the Yankees, the Yankees. And that was... That's despicable. That was not a good answer for me. So I will be teaching them everything about the Mets, everything about the NL East, um, nothing about the Yankees, no Yankees stuff for these, for these kids. Um, let's see what else. They asked me a lot about drinking here just because I wasn't legal back home, which is very, very funny. Um, they asked me like my favorite beers and stuff. And again, when you're in class, it's kind of strange to talk about, but the teacher was like, oh yeah, this is fine. This is fine. We'll talk about this. And that was, I don't know. Something about it. There's going to be more and more times where I will start talking about something and then stop. And they're going to be like, no, continue, continue. Just because their bar of the things they can talk about is uh, much lower, much much less strict. And then the last thing I'll say about it is I use this joke for both classes. And it's the easiest way to get a laugh in Europe, in my opinion. My Spanish teacher every year in college said this joke. It's if you're, tri- if you're trilingual, you speak three languages. If you speak two languages, you're bilingual. And if you speak one language, you're American. And they all thought that was the funniest thing I've ever said in my entire life. So if you ever need a joke and you're in Europe, use that. Dang, that was a lot. Yeah. You seem very, he's visibly happy right now. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be very cool just seeing all these kids, what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy. Everyone was very fascinated. I felt like a celebrity, which was, I don't know. It was cool. It's a good feeling. But the thing is, they weren't that young. Like it wasn't like these like 13 and 14 year olds. I could see them like as colleagues in college or just like peers in college. So that was, it was nice. Um, There's a lot of things I said that they had no idea about and it wasn't like I could really go into it. Like I told them my favorite movie was, was The Departed and they're like, what? And then I was like, you know, like Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio, Boston, back and forth. And they just had no idea. And then when I mentioned Leonardo DiCaprio again, they're like, okay, okay, okay. They love Leonardo DiCaprio and prom. Is yes. What I've gathered. Prom is a, a huge deal for them. I, do they have prom or do they just think it's this amazing thing? It's probably a little bit of both. Just the school spirit shown in movies and stuff. But uh, I, I wonder if they have a dance. I, have, I didn't ask. But there's a bunch of questions I have for them. And the one thing I realized was I'm going to learn more. I think I'm going to learn more from them if not or the same that they're going to learn from me just by the way they ask the questions and what which questions they ask teaches me so much about what they think of america and what they think of high school that uh, it just the infatuation of certain things is wow this movie had a really big effect on you Mm. and i told them my favorite uh tv show was breaking bad there's like a couple people that knew and then i was like what do you guys just only watch friends and they're like oh yeah we love friends i was like oh yeah, the other day in my kitchen, this group of kids were talking to me and they're like, oh, you have the best shows, like like Friends and How I Met Your Mother. And I was like, have you heard of like Seinfeld? And I don't, I don't know if they knew what that was, but they didn't know what New Girl was. And then they were telling me how they had this really cool show called The Mole, which basically I believe is just like a ripoff of Survivor. And then they were asking me about all like the, all the, like the love game shows on, on Netflix. 
like too hot to handle and all that stuff. I was like, that's the worst. That's just garbage television. But they were so invested. I I need more ideas to teach these kids about the United States. I think I'm going to do 4th of July later on. Um, you know, fireworks and freedom and stuff like that. But there's a bunch of things I, I still need to figure out. So if you have any ideas, let me know. Um, ask them who's the only country to have been to the moon. Maybe I'll do that. USA, baby. Maybe I'll do that. Do they... Did they ask you anything that made, like, felt like a trap question? I got asked about guns a lot. Yeah, I, I, I've been, people have said things like that to me. They're like, oh, yeah, but isn't that really dangerous? And I'm like, I mean, if you go to, like, the O block of Chicago, it's going to be dangerous. But, like, in general, it's yeah, not dangerous. A, a lot of a lot of gun questions, and uh, that was just, like, so perplexing to them. And they would ask me like my opinion on it and stuff. And I was like, I don't really have like a full enough opinion to say. And I don't want to be, it's a weird balance between being a representative of America and still being myself because you don't want to be super vague where it's like, well, some people in America think this and other people in America think that, but you also don't want to give your opinion. So they just have this idea that everyone in America is the way I am. It's, it's a, it's a balancing act. I don't know. But yes, a bunch of people were asking about the gun stuff. And I asked the teacher who I'm with whose name I still don't know how to pronounce because it's some, it's like Trancha or something. I don't know. Is it Hesha? No, no, no. It's like Trancha, but it has two J's in it. It's very weird. She, she's very nice though. Very nice lady. She said that a lot of the stuff they will ask throughout the semester are just from the news things they hear. So if you just took the highest level of news headlines in the United States that would make it worldwide, that's what they know. Okay. So my job is really teaching them like the intricacies of not everyone in America eats McDonald's every day. You know, like the mass yeah. exaggerations. And the, one of them is they hear a lot about like when something bad will happen involving guns. In the same way, we hear like bad things about like stabbings in, in London. Bloke. Yeah, London bloke. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I've said that a couple times already, but it's it's going to be cool. I'm I'm very excited. I go back tomorrow or which would be Thursday. So probably the day of your listening to this with a different class, different teacher, and we'll see how that goes. I'm sure that'll be the same exact question, so I'll answer them again. But if there's any funny ones, I'll be sure to be sure to write them down. All right. So before we wrap this up, do you want to talk about our upcoming trips? Yeah, well, let's talk about it. We got a couple upcoming trips that we've locked in. Yep. So as we said before, London is locked in. Um, this weekend we're spending in Leuven because we have well, we have a day trip to Bruges and then on Saturday we're going to go to the soccer game here in, in Leuven, like the professional team. And then we have a Cantus, which is like a university student like celebration thing that they just do every once in a while. And from what I have gathered, they just sing a lot and people just walk around with pitchers of beer and just fill your cup up if it's empty and it just goes on for a while of just singing and drinking and i was told you had to sing your national anthem ah uh, yeah god bless america man oh say yeah. um yeah so that'll be fun it'll be nice to spend a weekend here and then we have london we're working on prague working on barcelona working on amsterdam working on amsterdam but the one trip we do have planned is to bastogne which i think we mentioned before world war ii site uh, that won't be this upcoming weekend, but the following weekend, we booked the bus ticket there, we booked the hotel, and we're probably going to go to the 101st Airborne Museum, the Battle of the Bulge Museum, the, I think there's like a Bastogne Memorial, like War Memorial Museum, sorry, it's a Belgian World War II museum, and apparently at one of them, they like put you in a basement and simulate like an air raid which should be fun and going to see a foxholes and some battlefields. Yeah. So very history packed weekend, but a it's going to be walking, something, a lot of history. It's going to be very cool to see all the foxholes and um, just the idea that years and years ago, this place was fought for it was a battleground is going to be very cool to see. And I think they have preserved a lot. Maybe not preserves the right word, but it's a lot of historical stuff. You go there on purpose to see. It's not just like we're showing up to some random park mm-hmm. where they'll have like a statue or something. There's a lot of appreciation for what the United States did and like the Allied forces did in the area. And 
you get to go i don't think there's bunkers necessarily but you can i'm sure there's gonna be like there's barracks you can go to yeah there's memorabilia from both sides that will be very cool to see yeah yeah so we plan on going to amsterdam for the tulips which will be down the road that's and then barcelona still figuring out but yeah the vast stone trip is exciting very exciting and it'll be us two our friends kaylee and Braden. so smaller group than we traveled with on paris which one thing i will say i had a great time with everybody that came on the paris trip but i think traveling in a large group as people may know it get it gets kind of complicated because there's just a lot of people and then we didn't all have the same times for buses and all these different things and people like certain things and you know just people enjoy different things so i think i don't know that might be the biggest group we travel with unless we do spring fest in germany which we may have like a very large crew for but you have to do a big crew on purpose for that yeah so i think it's good to travel in a big group sometimes but some for certain trips like this trip i think it'll be it'll be cool to have a small crew well it's sometimes it's like people are this isn't from the weekend but some people in a group are very opinionated and then some people are so non-opinionated that like afterwards they'll be like oh we should have done this and this and it's like well you didn't contribute to the planning or questions of anything so yeah it's it's much easier when you go to a smaller group because it's like all right we're doing this this and this any questions any requests let's do it yeah yeah that what you said before it's like don't come don't say anything after the fact if you said i'm good with anything i'll do whatever it's like i'd rather you just give me your opinion and we can figure it out Um, i'd much rather you say i don't want to do this i want to do that before you drag around around the entire time so um but yeah paris was amazing as you guys can probably tell looking forward to everything coming up yep i uh i just have a couple small things that i want to mention that are different um i i brought you a, a gift it's a mars bar oh let's go so if you want to try a mars bar I'll try a Mars bar. On I, haven't, I haven't had one yet, but you can try it first. So I can just talk over you. Uh, we had Taco Tuesday yesterday. So bringing back some American spirit. Uh, the kids around me who I live with, who are all internationals, they loved guacamole. It was like shocking to see someone make guacamole, which was very funny, which was noteworthy. Uh, one thing that is annoying here is they don't have straight ground beef. Like we do in the United States. It's like a mixture of pork and ground beef. Very annoying. The first time we tried to do Taco Tuesday, it was an epic failure for that reason. And plus I woke up very hungover and I didn't contribute. And this time I kind of did everything. And the last thing I will say that was a bit disappointing is I made pico de gallo and it was very good. But I wanted regular salsa. And the only salsa they have here looks like a murky ketchup. And it's disgusting. And it's right next to the... like tortillas and there's just such a small section that you, there's no other ones you can find it's uh yeah don't expect salsa when you're over here so after eating the mars bar i can say it's a three musketeer with caramel okay anything else nope nothing else for me all right good stuff a lot of stuff uh coming our way so should be exciting all right peace out peace out